Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my listeners. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Put It. I was getting almost said Put It All on the Table through mediation, but this is Here's Teresa. <clears throat> Excuse me. And wow, this is Thursday. Another, another beautiful day. It still is triple digits here in Arizona. I'm very, very hot. And, um, and a lot has been happening. This is, um, we're already in September. OMG. We're, you know, we only have a couple of more months, three months or something before, you know, the, the end of the year. So, um, but like I said, it's, it's hot out here and, um, there's been a lot of things happening and we're going to be talking about these things. And, um, let's get this out the way right now. I want to, um, you know, talk uh, for a few seconds, a uh, few minutes about uh, what's happening to the flood victims in Texas. It's a very, very terrible thing. And um, as I was reviewing the news um, last night and this morning, I understand that the waters are starting to receive. Thank you, God. And um, I'm happy to know that, you know, the people are getting help. It's unfortunate that this is happening, you know, to a huge state, you know, the biggest state, you know, one of the biggest states here um, in our nation. Um, there's been some unfortunate, you know, deaths um, that has happened because of the flood. And I'm just praying for you all. And I just want you all just to be calm down there and knowing that help is on the way and that um, you can rebuild. Um, you know, this was I know this sounds bad. I know this is your homes and things like that, you know, but you can always rebuild as long as you have yourself and each other. That is so, so important. OK, and just know that regardless, God is in control. And I feel that there's a lesson that needs to be learned out of out of this, you know, any tragedy. I think that there is a lesson to be learned um, out of this. So. Um, you guys can come up with what, you know, you think the lesson uh, to be learned is. But I just think that, um, you know, we need to be closer and, um, you know, and kinder to one another. I think that's one of the lessons that God wants us to learn as his children. OK, I did say that already that the weather is still hot here. Triple digits. We have a lot to talk about today. The title of our talk today is when you are in the dark, you cannot see. So what do you mean by that, Teresa? Well, like, can I turn, just turn on the light and I can see, right? No, listeners, that is not exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so you're just going to have to stand, stand by and, you know, keep listening to me um, to hear this educational discussion that I will have with my guest, the world's best mental health therapist, Reginald C. Campbell. And we're going to be discussing that, you know, but I will be bringing on my guest shortly here, but. Let's get some things out of the way first. Um, so I want to ask, you know, how are you guys out there? You know, um, since I last spoke with you, you know, we had the solar eclipse. And um, oh, and did you hear that there's some lawsuits now against Amazon because a lot of the glasses some people got were not uh, did not, you know, 
weren't weren't appropriate for looking up at the eclipse and there was reports that some glasses was not appropriate that had been sent out but now there's some lawsuits with people claiming that you know their eyesight has been changed they're seeing spots they're not being able to adjust their eyes correctly and things like that but anyway i just want to talk about this um you know, like the next total, uh, uh, solar eclipse, uh, for the U.S. is April 8th, 2024. Now, you know, I, you know, I must, uh, mention that there will be other eclipses happening, you know, around the world, you know, and the, um, things like that. But, um, you can also go to www.timeanddate.com slash eclipse slash 2018. And that, and that talks about, um, you know, the eclipse, you know, the year 2018 has five eclipses, three solar eclipses and two lunar eclipses. And as you know, there are varying types of solar eclipse listeners, you know, very interesting, Watson, very interesting. So go on this website, should you out there be interested and it will um, and it'll have a list of the upcoming um, eclipse and where it will be happening and what type of eclipse eclipses you can, you know, uh, that's going to be happening. You can keep up with that. And, you know, listeners, you know, I just want to say this, but to me, this was such an advertisement for people to make money. This is what I was saying, you know, about the selling of the glasses. And, uh, you know, you could go online and buy them. And as I just said, that it was reported that a lot of them sold. They were no good. And I just want to ask this, you know, remember back in the day, you know, you know, just, a, you know, just a bit ago, listeners. We used to make our own viewers when we were in school. Okay. You know, when the, you know, with the cereal boxes or shoe box and other eye shielding things, it went on and on. Um, and with what you, you know, what you could make in school. And in some instances, we were graded on our creation. You know, I liked it. You know, the teachers then made it a learned science, you know, project. And, and for me, you know, I, I thought it was fun. Okay. I thought it was great. So now let's move on. You know, I um I want to pay respect um to two gentlemen that have recently transitioned and they are Richard Claxton, Dick Gregory and Jerry Lewis. They were two absolutely fabulous and phenomenal men who definitely made a positive difference in this world in the short time they were here. Let's start with Dick Gregory. As a small child, I recall my parents talking about Dick Gregory, the comedian, civil rights activist, entrepreneur, and humanitarian. I remember seeing him on television as he was speaking about injustice for people of color in this country. Now, the Los Angeles Times report that Dick Gregory, who became the first black stand-up comic to break the color barrier in major nightclubs in the early 60s, a decade in which he... um satirized segregation and race relations in his act and launched his lifetime commitment to civil rights and other social justice issues. He transitioned um, recently. He was only 84 years young. Um, Steve Jaffe, who was uh, Dick Gregory's friend and publicist for more than 50 years, told the Times reporter that the comedian died of heart failure. He said Gregory was touring earlier, you know, in the month, of August on the East Coast, and he was supposed to be in Los Angeles. Um, he said uh, that he was one of the sweetest and smartest, most loving people one could ever know. He said, I just hope God is ready for some outrageously funny times. You know, I just want to give a little bit of history on, on Dick Gregory. 
um, in a life that began in poverty in St. Louis during the Depression. The former Southern Illinois University track star became known as an author. He was a lecturer. He was a nutrition guru and self-described agitator who marched, ran and fasted to call attention to issues ranging from police brutality to world famine. He was frequently arrested for his activities in the 60s and once spent five days in jail in Birmingham, Alabama, after joining demonstrators in 1963 at the request of Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. Segregation is not all bad, uh, Dick Gregory said. Have you ever heard of a wreck where the people on the back of the bus got hurt? Okay. Um, Then um, I want to read something that I pulled up from iloveoldschoolmusic.com. Okay, that I felt is interesting. And he says that um, as of today, all of Mr. and Mrs. Dick Gregory's 10 children have been as successful as Dick foresaw when they were still in diapers. None of them are in jail. All of them are said to have college degrees and they all love and honor their parents. Another phenomenal individual that transitioned was Jerry Lewis. Okay, Jerry Lewis, you know, he transitioned. He was 91 years young. According to reference.com, um, excuse me, according to uh, reference.com, um, Dick Greg, I'm sorry, Jerry Lewis, real name was Joseph Levich. That was his, that, you know, he changed his name to Jerry Lewis, you know, um, when he became, you know, a, a comedian. Um, the report goes on to say he was an actor a director, a screenwriter, and a singer, and he had performed roles in films including The Nutty Professor, The Bell Boy, The King of Comedy, and Mr. Saturday Night. Jerry Lewis sustained a serious back injury while performing in Las Vegas, which almost left him paralyzed. Lewis began performing comedy full-time at the age of 15 after failing to draw much appeal while performing in Buffalo. A friend of his father helped him land a gig in Lock Shell Drake at New York as a final chance. Among the audience that night was a well-known comedian named Irving Kay, who ended up taking Lewis under his wing and helping him improve his routines. Now, Lewis, you know, originally met Dean Martin while performing at the Glass Hut Club in New York City. And then one year later, when Lewis's fellow performer quit, Lewis encouraged his manager to invite Dean Martin. The duo, as you know, was a huge hit and went on to become famous. On the 20th of August, 2017, Slate.com reports that one constant throughout Lewis's career was his work for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. He hosted their annual Labor Day telethon from 1955 before beginning, before being unceremoniously pushed out in 2011. He raised almost $2.5 billion for the organization over his tenure there. He was married twice, and he is survived by five sons from his first marriage and a daughter from his second marriage. And all I want to say is may Dick Gregory and Jerry Lewis both rest peacefully after a beautiful job well done. All right, let's bring on my guest. He is the world's best mental health therapist. He is a frequent guest and commentator on my show, and I love having him on my show. Good morning, Reginald. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning to the month of September. Yes, isn't that something? It, it, it uh, seems like we were just saying, wow, how was your Christmas holiday, you know, celebration? You know, here it is already, uh, September. Yeah. So, um, years winding down. Uh, what about 90 more days will be 
in the Christmas season again. Yikes. Wow. Wow. You know, that is a yikes, okay? I, I hope, Reginald, um, you know, I always have hope. I hope that means for us Arizonans that the weather is going to start cooling down. I mean, I hey, I'll even take the 90s right now, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, the 90s sound really good. About 95 <laughs> would be, uh, that would be, that would be good. That's yep. Okay with me. I, I, I would welcome that. A lot of people are saying 90s. Are you kidding? That's hot. Hey, but when you had to deal with triple digits for months and months, you, you don't care if you get into the double digits. It, it'll, it, it's all good. Oh, it's yeah. all good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, Reginald, the topic of our discussion is if you are in the dark, you cannot see. Now, some people may think that, you know, might take that to think that, you know, what I mean by this title is all you need to do, you know, is turn on the light in the room and voila, I can see. Well, that's not exactly what I mean. However, if you want to take that to to me, turning on the light, my listeners, you, you know, uh, take it to mean that. It's turning on the light in your mind. That's what I'm talking about. But in a lot of instances, Reginald, it means removing what I have been referring to for years, the stinking thinking. Stinking thinking is a phrase that I learned while I was delving more into edification of spirituality. And I started in the late 80s studying religious science and science of mind teachings along with Catholicism. So now this term made a lot of sense to me as it simply means removing the negative thoughts from your mind that can keep you from developing clear, healthy, and concise thought patterns. Maintaining the pattern of stinking thinking, I learned, can hinder you from being able to move forward, not having the ability to learn what you need to, thus keeping you in the dark, and therefore you are unable to see what you need to see to be successful in your life. Does that make sense to you, Reginald? Well, certainly does. Um, before we can make a change, I, I, I always um, uh, talk to people about uh, having a paradigm shift, uh, mm-hmm. a, a cognitive paradigm shift. And, uh, you know, until and if and, if and until you, have that pair of that cognitive paradigm shift, um, you can't make the change. <laughs> Excuse me, but once uh, people have that shift, I mean, so, sometimes it's a simple voila, okay, I don't mm-hmm. think I should be doing this anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Looking around and seeing the effect that it's having on them, having an effect on their family, uh, or having an effect on society in general. Uh, so once we have that paradigm shift, that cognitive paradigm shift, then it could be all just full steam ahead. Oh, yeah. And it's all about, Reginald, clearing out the clutter um, that, you know, that is in our mind. This is what I'm talking about. You know, we start inheriting clutter, you know, from, you know, from a very early age. It is said by psychologists, and I'm sure you know this, that, by the time an individual is three years of age, he or she is who he or she is going to be. Not unless they want to change, you know, as they as they travel along their journey and start gaining wisdom and <clears throat> excuse me in their life and knowing that change needs to be. Now, there's a um, a woman by the name of Shannon James. She is a successful coach and um, her website, you guys, is Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, James, J-A-M-E-S, 
coaching.com. Now she had a very good, um, write up, um, back in March of 2017 of five ways to clear your mental and emotional clutter, Reginald. So I thought that this would be interesting if we took her five different ways and, you know, we, we, we put our spin on it, you know. She says that we all know that clearing out clutter improves the feel of a space. Okay. Physical clutter is easy to identify and we all generally know how to go about clearing it from our surroundings. Whether or not we actually do clear it, there's plenty of solid step-by-step advice to removing clutter from our open spaces, our closets. You know, you can have people come in and clean your house, our garage even our office and workspace. But what if the clutter Reginald is mental or emotional clutter instead of material? Now, how do we go about clearing a crowded and unconfused mind or an emotional space that is full of old stuff that's no longer serving us? Now this, my listeners is so appropriate and relational to the topic of our discussion. What this person is saying to me makes it simplistic Reginald for us to understand. Like her example you know, it's quite relational to this topic, I feel, as it is important to me, you know, and my guest as a mental health therapist that you all totally get what we're saying so you can get it and clear your thoughts out, you know, so that these thoughts don't keep your keep your mind cluttered. And, you know, therefore, it can cloud the light that needs to come in, you know, the clarity. You understand what I'm saying, Reginald? Well, sure. Um Again, it's that uh, it's that cognitive change. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's thought stopping, and it's uh, making the physical change of of maybe not being around certain things and certain people that contributed or continue to contribute or can in the future contribute to uh, the stunt of a person's growth. Uh, future mm-hmm. growth or or current growth and even past growth. Yeah. Now, but but how can we tell our listeners? How can we go about you know clearing a crowded and unconfused mind, you know, or an emotional space that is full of old stuff? You know, like you. Let's say, for example, you were in uh, fifth grade and you're still holding on to something that the teacher said to you, you know, they may have said, you know what, Elizabeth, you know, you just aren't good at doing English. And, um, you know, so, you know, I'm just going to give you an F and you're going to have to, you know, make this up through summer school. And that, re- and that formed a scar within that person's being, you know what I'm saying, Reginald? Mm-hmm. Well, I-, I like to see a situation like that is first of all, accepting, what happened, what happened, and mm-hmm. forgiving what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. So until we accept that this is the situation that we're dealing with, that know that, okay, you know, because some, sometimes we're in denial of certain things that have happened or are happening, and long as we're in denial, we're not accepting of it. So when we stop being in denial for, of that situation, uh, mm-hmm. accept what has happened, and then move forward, but we have mm-hmm. to accept first, and then decide that we're gonna that we're gonna move forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But see, that's a 
that's another thing there. A lot of people don't know how to move forward, but we're going to hit on that, you know, um, uh, in a little bit. And, and perhaps you can give uh, some tips on how to move forward. So let's move on with what this author is saying next. She says that it's easy for most of us to understand that an overly cluttered workspace impacts our focus and productivity, but we don't always realize how much a messy mind or emotional color clutter can have the same effect or that there are equally powerful practices that can help us declutter and regain our focus. Now, let me say, listeners, I have stated on my show in previous talks the importance of keeping organization in your life. Now, what I have learned is if you want to see the representation of your mind, check out your surroundings. Check out the relationships that you have with people. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? And then what are, you know, this is what I was saying. That what is a couple of ways that can be used to clear out, you know, our minds from clutter so we can live in the light and not and not in the dark? You mentioned a few moments ago is that recognition. Some people, you know, don't realize that they're holding on to clutter, you know, that they they don't realize that that is what's keeping them in the dark. You know, so when someone comes to you and say, Reginald, you know, I just, you know, he they, they talk to you about, uh, you know, their their issues. And, and I just don't understand, you know, why I just can't move forward. You know, I'm not really thinking about uh, when the teacher told me I, I, I'm failing in English or, you know, when, um, um, I was bullied in seventh grade, uh, you know, I, I, I think I'm past that because I'm now 48 years old. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of times what I try and do, I, what I call a cognitive autopsy. If someone is dealing with an issue, uh, say depression or anxiety or, uh, uh, family issues. Um, you know, I, I, I speak with them about what has happened in the past. Like, you know, what, what was your life like from, uh, say five years old up, up to now? You know, what, what is, what has happened? What, uh, what relationships did you have? What's the relationship with your parents, with your significant other, if they're married, if they have children? And just gathering all of that information uh gives me a roadmap of ways that we can touch on things that have happened. So in the midst of that cognitive autopsy, um, they talk about, okay, this happened when I was in seventh grade or my dad passed away or my mom passed away. We have, you know, so, so it's getting all of that information um, and all of those points and things of, that have happened, and then just basically talking about and dealing with those issues that the person uh, have, have brought up. And then we may go to uh, acceptance, uh, mm-hmm. anger, being okay with being angry at a certain situation. Uh, sometimes um, people haven't had a chance to, to grieve certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, might have been a parent that passed away or might have been a divorce or anything that happened 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, two years ago, but they never had the opportunity to grieve that uh, that loss. And so mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes we may have to allow that person to, to grieve 
because mm-hmm. we never had a chance to. So, so it's a it's a myriad of, of ways. Um, you know, there is no in my approach there is no one way to do it. Uh, it depends on the client. I I I uh, accept the client where they are and work mm-hmm. with them at the point that uh, she and I or he and I meet. And I meet them where they are, and then we work from there. Mm-hmm. And also, Reginald, a lot of people have to be willing to open themselves up and recognizing that they have, you know, um, that, that they're holding on to things, you know, and that they have some issues that needs to be corrected. A lot of people have, you know, ego ed- edging God out, and they want to, you know, start blaming other people. That's a whole nother discussion. But I think that one of the big things is that a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, people need to, you know, just recognize, okay, I do have, you know, uh, some issues. Okay. I am, um, you know, perhaps, uh, holding on to the past. That's a really big one, um, my listeners. If you're holding on to the past, there's no way you can move forward. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, and sometimes people don't. Uh, sometimes people don't realize that they're holding on to the past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes people think that they have to hold on to the past, mm-hmm. um, or. Uh, they haven't had a chance to be angry with that person or that situation so they can let, let go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, you know, again, it, it, there's, there's no, in my approach, there's no one way. It depends yeah. on the client, depends on the situation. Um, and, you know, we may have to, we, we may have to work backwards and then move forward. Some clients mm-hmm. have moved. You know, from the beginning back, some, some clients have moved, uh, I begin from, from currently where we are back or currently where we are forward. So, uh, it all depends. It all yeah. depends on the client and the situation. Yeah. Well said. Now, this is very apt. The next thing that I'm going to say is very, um, uh, apropos, very relational to what you just said. The next thing, um, Miss James says is write it down. And uh, and I just love this, listeners. I love writing my thoughts down and ideas down. This is the first item actually on the list, you know, that I mentioned earlier. First, she says you need to identify it. What consuming thoughts are taking you away from experiencing the life you deserve and desire? What relationships are draining your emotional reserves? What else distracts you from being fulfilled? Take the time to sit quietly, see what thoughts come in to mind and write them down. List your current projects, goals, and to-dos. Jot down anything that comes up, whether it's a project you're actively working on, something that's been lingering, that has been, you know, lingering uh, on your on your to-do list or an idea in the back of your mind. And here's a biggie, Reginald, and my listeners. You know, as we had touched on a few moments ago, is there someone you're holding, you know, a lingering resentment toward? or a situation that's causing ongoing worry and anxiety. People do not think um, that, you know, people do not think that people, you know, if you, if you allow them, you know, people can hold you back. You know, and this is something that, that you just, that you um, said so eloquently a few moments ago that, you know, everybody is different. You have to approach things different because that everybody is different, but people really don't understand. I've had so many people tell me, um, you know, that 
you know, people can't hold them back. But that just isn't true, is it, Reginald? Yeah, you know, people, people, thoughts, situations can hold us back. And it's recognizing those thoughts, those situations, and those people um, that are holding, that, that can hold you back. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of times once people realize, again, you know, they may not realize that, that this situation is holding them back. They may not mm-hmm. realize that, oh, gosh, I don't know, I don't, okay, maybe I didn't forgive Uncle Paul for the thing that he did. Maybe I didn't mm-hmm. forgive Aunt uh, Janice for the thing that she said or the teacher uh, that, that, that they did. So, mm-hmm. again, it's recognizing those things. And, 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 and I have found in, in my practice that once a person realizes, once they see that one thing, that that leads to to them recognizing other things. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is why I do this. This is why I said that. Okay, this is this began the point where I began to, you know, react this way. Or, you know, it was just it was the loss of my loss of my child and then I became hopeless and, and I, you know, began to use uh substances or alcohol. So with mm-hmm. going through that process again of of recognizing what has happened that some people may not recognize because say if they're using substances, they've they've been self medicating, you know, so mm-hmm. so they're not able to they're not thinking clear enough, you know, to, mm-hmm. to go through that process. So if they deal mm-hmm. with the substance abuse issue or alcohol issue, uh, uh getting assistance with that and then being able to clear their mind to think clearer. So mm-hmm. uh, I, mm-hmm. I found that in a lot of situations as well. Oh, yeah. You know, because, um, you know, as you said that you, you've talked to people and, um, and, 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 you know, and I'm not a mental health therapist, but when I'm, even when I'm listening to cases and, or, you know, if I'm uh, doing mediation, you know, I hear a lot of people as to even why they're, you know, put this lawsuit against someone through the attorney general. It doesn't even, it doesn't even have anything relating to to what happened on the job, Reginald. You know what I mean? It 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 gets into something else where I need to pass their, you know, your card on onto them. But listeners, trust me, people can hold one another back, just like um my brother was saying and just like just like I'm saying, you know, you got to forgive. And when you forgive, it's not for that other person. A lot of people get that misconstrued, Reginald. They think, oh, I'm not forgiving them. I'm not going to forgive them. They think that they're doing something, um, you know, nice for that person that that is that has hurt them. But they don't understand that forgiveness is not, you know, for the other fella. It's for you. It's for your soul so that you can continue to move on so that you can declutter your mind so that you can, you know, um, um, get out of the dark, you know, remove the clutter. Just think that if you're in a closet that has got a lot of stuff in it and you go in the closet and you close the door, you know, that, that is a good example of, of how your mind can be if it's filled with clutter. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah. And, and a lot of times people, um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. People, um, they think that, well, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forgive him or her because of what they did to me, but that person that we could be angry with, 
they're not even thinking about what they did. Mm-hmm. They don't even recognize what they did, or they don't care about what they did. And they, right. they're not holding that. And so forgiveness is so important. You're right, forgiveness is, is for us. Uh, a lot of times uh, we have to forgive ourselves for things that we did and things that we didn't do, mm-hmm. that we could have done better or things that we should have done. So, so, so forgiveness is such a wonderful situation for relief, releasing, you know, mm-hmm. some, of, mm-hmm. some of the things and situations that have happened to us in the past. Uh, it's a situation where a person who has wronged us has passed on. And you're not mm-hmm. able to say to them, look, this is what you did to me. This is what you did to me that, that hurt me, that has affected me. So you don't have that. You can't physically talk to them. But cognitively, you can talk to them and forgive them and forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness is a, is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Yes, I'm telling you, it's, it's fabulous. And people, you know, say, well, you know, I did forgive them, you know, but when they, when they're saying it to me, Rachel, you can still feel the anger. <laughs> I did. I, I forgave them, you know, and that was like two years ago. I'm like, okay, well, why are you talking to me about it like this? You know, because it, forgiveness is of God. Okay. Forgiveness is not of, of, of darkness. Okay. It's not of, 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 uh, the devil or anything. You're still talking about it to me, you know, with, with, you know, with, with a very angry, uh, attitude. So you haven't really forgiven anything. And, and you're absolutely correct because, um, forgiveness is about, um, you know, not only forgiving that person, but as you said, it's all also about forgiving yourself as well. You know, because a lot of us, you know, don't want to think that, um, you know, we, you know, had anything to do with it, but, you know, we had some type of contribution, even if it was 1% to what, what has happened to us. Because the main thing, listeners, is that we, one important thing is that we always have to be in control of ourselves. We have to be the purveyor of ourselves. Now, she also says, Reginald, about writing this down, she says that, you know, we should, you know, repeat this process until your mind feels quieter. She says, once it's done, you'll usually find a sense of relief. You've just freed up some mental space since you're not worrying about remembering, you know, everything anymore. And now that you have everything in one place, you can strategically choose what to do next of, you know, next instead of reacting to the next phone call or a client request or email. So, you know what, Rachel and my listeners, I always first and foremost include prayer. Okay, I ask God to take away and deal with what I want and need to be taken away and dealt with. And it's a and it's a continuous prayer each and every time someone or something pops into my mind that is negative, for example. And then, you know what? I notice, hmm, you know, I don't feel anxious or, you know, or angry or thinking about, you know, unnecessary crap. I'm not nervous about some actual unwarranted situation or some undeserving person anymore, you know, or even needing clarity on something because I've, you know, I've given it to God and I've calmed down about it and I have clarity. And so therefore I have the resolution, 
you know, it's like peace. It's a beautiful peace that, you know, that is taken within me. You know, it's a calmness, you know, a couple of, um, you know, coupled with incorporating the affirmation, I'm telling you listeners that it works. And here comes the but. You have to be committed. You know, remember we talked about the importance of being committed on my show recently, wanting to change your thought pattern, changing your thought pattern. When I learned this years ago and and the illustration that was given is like it's a record. Your record got a deep groove in it. If you look at, you know, the vinyl records, you know, it has a deep groove in it. Well, that's your mind because that's how you've been thinking all this time. So now what you got to do is take those grooves and fill it up with positive thoughts. You know what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah. And and it takes work. It takes work for, for all of us. There's no one, mm-hmm. um, I believe, who's walking, who's walking around here and can say, well, you know what? I don't have to do that. I don't have to watch my thoughts. No. It, 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 takes, it takes time. It takes effort. Um, for for all of us, it isn't something mm-hmm. that you do and you've accomplished. It's something mm-hmm. that we have to do on a consistent basis. We may not have to do it daily. We may not have to do it weekly. But with mm-hmm. but with life and life situations and life circumstances, well, you can believe that life is going to throw us a curveball, and that's mm-hmm. when we need to that's when we need to implement it. So, uh, so mm-hmm. none of us are exempt from having to do that. Some of mm-hmm. us may be exempt from doing it, but none mm-hmm. of us are exempt from having to having do to do it. Mm-hmm. It all depends on our life and our life situations, you know, but for me, you know, um, every, every day, you know, especially when I'm out and about in the world, forgiveness is, is abound all the time, you know, like, um, Jesus said, you know, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Instead of getting angry and blowing your horn, you know, with all of this traffic, you know, rage, you know, rage and things like this, you know, people get it out of their cars, confronting other people. I mean, it's, it's insane. So, you know, you, 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 you know, for me, you know, I, I find, I find it, um, um, a bit more frequently that, you know, I have to, Say you know all the time you know forgive them you know and so that this way you can keep doing what it is that you need to do so that you don't absorb you know their their craziness <laughs> you know Reginald so now Reginald um this next item this author talks about is one that you and I talked about recently and that is how important exercise and how overall beneficial it is for your physical and mental health for a long run now she says. If you've been inside all day, an afternoon walk or jog can leave you feeling much more clear-headed, listeners. It can leave you much more clear-headed. This is not just in your head. A growing body of research um, indicates that we think and learn better when we exercise. Although the reasons are not completely understood, Multiple studies have shown physical activities to increase memory, performance on tests, and even productivity in the workplace, not to mention positive mood. So if you need to clear some mental or emotional space, go for a walk or a jog. Leave your cell phone at home or the least only listen to music, no text or phone calls. She goes on to say the combination of exercise and the respite from interruptions can help put you 
in a much clearer space on all levels. And when you're exercising, exercising at a capacity that's challenging, but not too challenging for your fitness level, you'll tend to feel more energized afterwards, not depleted, just more energized. What do you think about that, Reginald? Oh, I, I totally agree with that. Um, exercise is is a, it is wonderful. I know it, it has been a benefit to me my entire life. Um, so I definitely know the benefits of exercise. Um, mm-hmm. And not having exercised in the last couple of weeks, yikes! Uh, I can feel what? The benefits. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been so busy and everything with the with the job and just a little tired. So. So yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna get get back in my groove starting this weekend. So so and and I can feel the difference from not having exercise of of the energy that I have of thinking clearer mm-hmm. of uh, being able to deal with uh, stressful situations better. So uh, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna get back in the groove. Uh, every once in a while, you know, we all have those times. We 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 fall kind off. Kind of, kind of kind of fall off the wagon. Uh, mm-hmm. Exercise has been important to me my entire life. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, back on the wagon I get starting this weekend. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I have fallen off the wagon longer than you have. But I will tell you, you know, that when when that happens, you know, I don't just jump right back into what, you know, I was doing before I take, you know, I I, I do some at a time. And I will tell you, you know, that. You know, even with the walking around of the campus, um, when I went to my granddaughter's school the other day, just walking around that campus, that was really good. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, you have, you have to do something. I truly believe, um, in exercise and I know the benefits of exercise, even though I, I, you know, have fallen off the wagon, but that's okay because, you know, we have something called muscle memory. And so my my muscles and my, you know, everything that it remembers, you know, the the rigors that I used to take it through uh, for exercises. So, um, you know, I'm I'm I, you know, I'm looking real forward to, you know, to doing that. As I said, every day I up up my game every day more and more. But yeah, exercising is very uh, important. And and I know because um, um, uh, listeners, my brother, he exercises a lot, you know, so when he said he hadn't exercised in two weeks. That's why I said, what? Okay, but I know you'll, I know you'll be back on it, bro. And I'm not worried. Okay? Gotta get now, back on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, continuing on, Reginald, this author says, taking the time to regularly review how you've been spending your time will give you insight into how you got to your present state, how to move forward strategically, and how you work best in general. You can do this through quiet reflection meditation, or even regular journaling. Now, remember, your mental and emotional state is intertwined with the quality of your work and relaxation. So take a few deep breaths. And, and that, that breathing is fabulous, Reginald. Take a, two deep, t- take a few deep breaths and do some mental and emotional tidying. Cultivating this habit will help you prevent some of the clutter from accumulating and to identify and shift it more quickly when it does. In the end, she says you'll be better able to get back in touch with what's most important. Clarity is so important, listeners. What do you think, Reginald? Mm, I agree. Um, 
there's there's times during the day when I will just uh, maybe in between sessions, uh, especially if there was a pretty uh, intense session for uh, an hour, uh, mm-hmm. before I bring the next person in, I'll take five minutes just to uh, just to breathe, just to uh, close my eyes and and do some mental cleaning, uh, mm-hmm. deep breathing. Uh, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, clear my mind and get me right back focused to, uh, for the next person. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I totally, totally, uh, agree with that. So, so yeah, just sometimes just taking that, uh, 10, 15 minutes if, if we can, or that mm-hmm. five minutes if we can, just to do some mental health cleaning and breathing, uh, definitely has, has worked wonders for me. And I'm going to, incorporate that more often in my day. Mm-hmm. And I've started incorporating that more often in my day, Reginald. Um, you know, um, um, you know, with the, you know, with the breathing, that's why I commented um, on the breathing. I didn't, I, you know, in the past I had not incorporated taking the deep breaths, breathing in the nose and letting it out, you know, slowly in the, in the, um, out of the mouth with the eyes closed. And then while you're doing that, you have, you know, um, positive thoughts. You know, you can't be thinking about, you know, you've got your, your breathing, your breathing listeners and you're still thinking about. And yes, I remember. Yes, that's, that's Robert. He said that and you're, that's not going to work. Okay. <laughs> you have to take in the deep breaths, knowing that is, that is all good. That is all going to work out that you are in control, you know, and that everything that is happening is for a reason. There's something that you need to learn from it. You want to learn from it quickly. Not, you know, I want to just learn from it. I want to learn from it quickly because what is our most precious commodity? Time. Okay. So you want to learn from it quickly so that you can move on and do the, you know, the next thing that's important for you to, you know, for for you to do. Because every day, Reginald, you know, there's always things that we're going to need to resolve. Things that we, you know, we think that, oh, yeah, I'm I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to go into work today. You know, and, and this and that. It's always something that you had no idea was going to happen happens, you know. So we have to be, um, as much as possible, you know, have our, have our bodies and our, you know, our, our minds and, and things, um, healthy as, po- as much as possible, you know, so that we can, uh, deal with situations, you know, that just may come up. You know what I'm saying, Rachel? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, because every day there's, uh, you know, there could be those situations where, um, we're like, really, this happened. I, I was, uh, talking to someone recently and the topic I had with them was if you had the opportunity to make a movie about yourself, what would the name of the movie be? Mm-hmm. And I said, my two movies would be, because I always say this, and a lot of my clients say I say this all the time, and some of my friends say this too, that I always say, what? With <laughs> 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 so, three or four question marks. So that would be the name of my first movie. <laughs> and the sequel would be something that they say I say all the time as well. Really? What, what really so that would be the, the, Excuse the me. sequel. Really? What? Mm-hmm. Really? 
and I explain why. Because sometimes in life, during the day, we have those what or those really you really did that you really said that they really did that. So that would be the name of my two movies. What three question mark sequel would be really slash what slash really. <laughs> well, you know, mine is 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 a uh, kind of similar. Mine, of course, would be really anyone who knows me. I, I, you know, said I'm like really, really, and then the following will be out for crying out loud. <laughs> that would be my my two. It'd be really then for crying out loud, and then I would have another one, you know, of, of resolution, you know, because I always am am seeking out a uh, resolution for whatever whatever occurs. That's funny. That's funny. A lot of you guys should think about that. You know, like what would be your your movie titles? I think, I think um that would be kind of funny. The next thing she says, Reginald, is that talk it talk it out. She says if your head is crowded with stressful thoughts or your heart is full of mixed emotions, talking it out can help, and that's true, listeners. Find time to discuss your challenges with a trusted friend, a coach, or mentor to help you get clear on how to move through a tough time on top of helping you get more clarity when you're thinking, when you're thinking is muddled, the emotional support of knowing that someone else has your back can make a huge difference. What do you think about that one, Reginald? Yeah. Having support is a, is a great thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. is, Trusted friends, trusted, you know, so we have to be careful who we discuss certain situations with because some people, um, they they could be a great friend or they could be a great person, but they just don't have the wherewithal in them uh, to be a good listener uh, Mm -hmm. and or have the correct advice. And Mm -hmm. sometimes um, I know for myself, I don't want a response. I just want a sounding board. Not a dumping mm-hmm. board, but a sounding board. Uh, so it's important to get those things out. I may not want that person to respond to anything. I may have the answer already, or I may be considering the answer. Uh, mm-hmm. so I don't want a debate. I don't want to, you know, if I were you, please don't do mm-hmm. that. You know, if I were you. Uh, mm-hmm. so just be a sounding board, uh, just be a listener, and sometimes that's all people need. Mm-hmm. It's just for someone to, you know, to listen. Now, that doesn't mean that you go on and on and on forever, listeners. You know, um, that individual do, you know, have the opportunity to, to say something if they want. But it is good to have someone to just sit and listen because uh, because. This is one thing that I say in my mediations that I give you a platform to be heard and you would be surprised uh, with the number of mediations that I have done. And a lot of them are not looking for any monetary uh, return or anything. They just wanted, they just wanted to be heard. They just wanted someone to listen that every morning when let's say this is something I'm making up listeners every morning that when they come into the office, you know, their boss finds something 
negative to to reprimand them about that they didn't do and and you know or whatever the thing may be you know what i'm saying reginald so and the other thing i want to say too about the trusted friend i want to i want to uh chime in on that now i want to say that if you know a lot of us out there we'll have a, a friend that we like we really like this friend but here comes the but if this person is going through a lot of challenges right now in their life you know, I don't think that they would be the right person for you to talk to about your about your issues. You understand what I'm saying, Rachel, because they have yet to get over and resolve the issues that they're going through. So maybe perhaps, um, you know, finding maybe a mentor or coach, you know, a priest um, 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 or other, you know, clergy or, you know, minister or something like that. What do you think, Reginald? Well, for me, that it, it, it depends. Um, uh, if, if, if a person is dealing with a situation right now and they're sometimes that could be the ideal person to speak with. And mm-hmm. in this situation, it may not be the right person to deal with and, and to mm-hmm. you know, this is your issue or to give you uh, uh, some some sound advice. So um, I just think it depends. Uh, sometimes if someone is dealing with a situation, um, uh, they are the ideal person to to speak with uh, about your issue. And sometimes, so, mm-hmm. so, so it all depends, in, in my opinion. Yeah. It depends. Yeah, it that that's what I'm saying. It it you know, it depends, but you know, as I'm saying, you may have kudos, respect and mucho love for this person, but you know that this person um, you know, is going through a lot of things at this at that time. You know, it's not that you don't want to open up to them and let them know and that they don't want to hear what you're going through, but at that time, they can't really be there for you because of what it is that they're going through. I, I'm imagining that's better put, you know, what I'm what I'm wanting to say, and that maybe you know you should move on and and look, you know, for someone else to help you out of your issue. And then knowing that, okay, if this friend of yours is going through some stuff, I don't want you guys out there to wait, you know, and hold on until they resolve their issues and you're still going through your issues. I want you to go and find someone, as I said before, um, you know, a, a coach or um, a, a clergy, a priest, or someone that you can, you know, um, you know, talk to. Um, as my brother said, not to be a dump on, but to discuss your issues so that they can help you resolve them, so that you can get rid of that clutter, so that you can come out of the dark, so that you can have light and have clarity and move on um, positively in your life. Now, the uh, the the other last thing that she talks about, Reginald, I got about four minutes. It's to get it's to get some sleep. Sleep and brain functions go together. Next time you feel that your brain is cluttered with too many thoughts and you're experiencing mental fatigue, stop and take a nap. Real, uh, uh, you know, really, Reginald. Studies show that even a 10 minute nap can improve your alertness and increase productivity. Now, more importantly, if you're not getting enough sleep at night, look for ways you can adjust in order to get at least seven to eight hours of uh, sleep more often than not. This doesn't mean you know, being in bed with your cell phone, laptop, or a good book, but instead actually getting some Z's, um, uh, you know, actually getting some 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 good Z's, you know, and you know, and going to you know, and going to sleep. 
you know, I have like two minutes and I want you guys to know that recent research shows that sleep literally clears out the clutter in our brains at a cellular level. And that is so, so, so important. This is very, very important. Okay. Well, Reginald, I have run out of time, but this has been a, this has been an excellent conversation with you. You, as usual, um, you know, give um, me and my listeners, um, you know, um, uh, you know, good talks, good advice, good comments. You know, we, you know, I really do appreciate that. Um, listeners, I'll be back in two weeks, you know, on the 14th of September. And I want you guys to go out and make it a, you know, a great day. I thank you, Reginald, again. You're fabulous. I thank myself. I thank my engineer. And um, I want you guys to, to definitely uh, listen to what it is that I've said in this broadcast about when you are in the dark, you cannot see. And and uh, if you if you all out there can contribute to the needs, um, you know, contribute to the Red Cross, you know, so that they can help the needs of the people there in Texas. Have a blessed day. Be safe. This is Teresa E. Keys signing off. 